Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. Hey, quick question for you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast. Have you reviewed the Inspirational Australians podcast yet? If you haven't, We'd really love it if you did. It would uh, really help us get this podcast out to more people. So uh, go ahead on Apple Podcasts, which is where I listen to my podcast. It's uh, somewhat convoluted. So you'd think it'd be easy, but uh, if you need help with that, go to awardsaustralia.com slash podcasts, and we've got an easy how-to guide. Now, if you're a first-time listener, welcome, firstly. And uh, secondly, you might be wondering what this podcast is actually about. Hopefully, you're here to listen to Shane Cook. But uh, we, what this podcast does is it showcases incredible people like Shane, try and share their stories, delve into their journeys. And yes, these stories will inspire you. So check out the other episodes and subscribe. And uh, if you're also wondering who exactly is involved with these awards, because the people that we interview here are through the Young Achiever Awards or the Community Achievement Awards programs that Awards Australia run, then head over to our YouTube page, which is uh, easily searched at YouTube. Just go uh, search for Awards Australia. There's heaps of videos of the awesome winners that we showcase, the finalists uh, and the events themselves. So check that out. It's a, uh, hopefully you uh, get lost in a positive rabbit hole of uh, celebrating awesome people. So without delaying any further to this week's dose of inspiration, we're talking to Shane Cook, who is the 2020 South Australian Young Achiever of the Year. Shane is an incredible guy uh, from Adelaide, and uh, we'll hear more about his story now. His bio is a tough one. When I was researching uh, what to write up for his bio, because he does so many things, but you know, one of the cool things uh, that always gets a good reaction from people is Shane actually designed the Indigenous Round Guernsey for the Adelaide Crows. He's done heaps of artwork. He works with community He's also done the Indigenous Marathon Project, which is just mind-blowing for me. I can't even run 10K. So uh, here we are. We're going to throw it to you, Shane. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me, man. Absolute pleasure. So uh, you're sitting in the car at the moment, which is absolutely on brand for you because you're always going from here to there. You're working with so many different people and doing so much. Can you tell us what did today look like for Shane Cook? <laughs> yeah, so today I was actually at uni. Um, I've almost finished up my first year of my uh, bachelor of Arts Psychotherapy degree, so almost coming up to my first year at uni, which is something that I never thought I'd ever do. <laughs> and then, um, um, I thought I was done with school, but here I am. You back? Um, yeah, I'm back. And then, um, so then, shortly after that, I had a meeting with uh, a physio who's helping me kind of overcome an injury that I've been um, kind of battling with for like the last eight months after being injured. So I'm actually planning on going off to run the Great Ocean Road uh, Marathon uh, in about four weeks time so, nice one so is that your gonna be your first marathon in a while that'll be my first event back so i'm actually going to be doing the half this time which is a 23k event yeah um but it's just yeah for me it's just more of a uh the mental challenge of getting back out there and um you know finding some inspiration with all these people that decide to run these events i guess yeah for sure well, one of the things that was, yeah, it was a big part of your, uh, I guess, nomination and, and why you, you know, it, again, it was just one part of what you were doing. 
is uh, the Indigenous Marathon Project. So, you know, I've heard about it quite a bit. For, for those who don't know what it is, can you give us a bit of background on, on that program? Yeah, so uh, the the IMF or the IMP, the Indigenous Marathon Project, was um, was uh, created by a great man called Rob DiCostella, who uh, used to hold the world record for marathon running. He was one of Australia's um, best runners, holding the world record for marathon running is saying that. I uh, blows my mind just to even think of that. So he, what he did, what he, what he did was he, um, after representing Australia, he went out to communities and he was trying to find the next, you know, next best runner and trying to find an Aboriginal person to, to, uh, to take up running. And he kind of, my, my understanding is that he went out to these remote communities and not only found um, some good runners, but he also um, come across all the the issues and all the stuff that kind of affect Aboriginal people in not a in a, in a, in a, in a negative way, whether it be around the health or, um, you know, alcohol or, you know, not having, you know, the, the best food, being able to ship out to these communities, I guess. So he kind of shifted from wanting to find the best runner to almost going back out to community to give young people an opportunity to help their own community. So he, he, he selects 12 young Aboriginal people from around Australia in the age of 18 to 30 to put their hand up to take on the challenge of running a marathon but it's also a personal development program for you to to step up and be a positive role model in your community and that's that's kind of where I um I I seen other people in my community do it before me and and I thought they were pretty inspiring people and they used to wear this yellow singlet and I had a friend called uh Ruth Wallace who used to play for the LA Crows women's team and I used to say to her where'd you get that singlet because I, I wanted it and uh, she goes yeah oh, you got to earn this one bro and I was like and I told her that I'd get one and it was a it was a it was quite some time after that I actually happened to to get one but um but here we are and yeah so it's great to kind of follow in in her footsteps and there's just so many um great young Aboriginal people from around Australia that have all kind of put their hand up to be a part of this program so now there's over 100 graduates which is pretty crazy started about 10 years ago yep that's awesome it's grown from something that was yeah he's he's out there trying to bring people in and find it and now people are putting their hands out they're wanting to get involved and as you said yeah i've seen that yellow jersey in many photos and uh <laughs> it is a cool looking jersey and uh it's something now that you're right it's recognizable and it's a uh, it is a role model thing and, and leadership and, and health mm. it's it's really cool so you uh you went to new york with that didn't you yeah yeah so i um i got selected in um 2019 to uh, so we had to do a 30k time trial previous to that you do a whole bunch of different um, training. So you obviously do your running training, but you also do like um, Aboriginal mental health and first aid training. You do your run coach accreditation. So you, And we also done a cert for in sport and recreation. So you have to undertake some study as well. Um, but, you know, upon completing all of that and also doing the right things and sticking to my training program, I ran a 30K time trial in Alice Springs, uh, which, um, which I was successful in being, you know, qualifying for the team that would go on to New York. So, um, yeah, like it was pretty exciting for me. New York was probably one of the places I've always wanted to go. Art, art is what I'm really passionate about, and growing up, you know, around around graffiti and, and street art, that's where it kind of that's where it come from. So for me, it was extra exciting to go over there and run in the place where, you know, I'd you know looked up to and or looked at for such a long time regarding where this art form come from. For sure, and uh, I do want to ask you about that the artwork and, and being in New York, but. Um... 
first I do have to ask with the run, how, how did you go running a New York marathon for some people is the, you know, the highlight of, of marathon running. Yeah. I, I, uh, it was, it was hands down one of the best experiences I've had in my life. And not like, obviously the run was really tough and, and that and it was always going to be tough. Marathon running is pretty hard on you, on yourself, um, on your body. But um, just seeing like how many different people from all over the world was there, like it was, uh, it kind of blew my mind to see that many people all in one one space at the same time. And starting off coming as soon as that, you know, they what they do is they fire these big fighter planes fly over you over this bridge um, where you start in Staten Island, and these these planes fly over the top, and then this cannon starts, and you just hear all these foot these um you see hear all these footsteps, and you're going over the bridge, and we just happen to be on the lower level of the bridge so you could hear you know thousands and thousands of people all running and it was like dead quiet yeah above wow like in front of you like all around you and it's just like this really kind of surreal moment like all right here we go with like this is what i've been training for i guess and and then as you proceed through the through the run as you go to like the different five boroughs of new york um you know like whether it be brooklyn or or um when you get to like manhattan all the different places that you go um people are there celebrating like they had like these these people on these drums and then they had the people break dancing um like djing like it was like it was a pretty pretty crazy experience and i'd love to i would actually love to go back and and take it all in because i think i feel like i um you know was kind of caught up in the moment and so excited i'd actually love to go back and and take my time with it next time maybe <laughs> yeah and uh soak it in rather than just trying to get through the run yeah but, absolutely. Uh, it shows how um how white I am and my reference when you talk about the five boroughs is like, Oh, you like the beastie boys song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, moving on. So yeah, you're in New York, obviously your art background is, uh, you know, extensive. And did you get to, I guess, uh, engage with any of that while you were there? Yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of, I told, I told my, um, my, my, uh, my girlfriend before I went there, I said, when we go to New York, I have to paint there. Like I'd be saying that, would be pretty um you know pretty special to be able to say that i painted there and uh, i think at the time there was another girl on my squad called um sienna Catullo. she's actually her family's actually from adelaide like from york peninsula her mob the naranga mob but she lives in melbourne and i kind of grew up around her family and spent a lot of time with her, on her country so me and her um you know we're pretty close during our imp year and um she actually works for clothing in the gap which is you know, oh yeah you know, they're fighting for free the flag and you know, they're doing a lot of stuff for like Aboriginal rights and, and that, which is really amazing. They do incredible stuff. I'm pretty sure most people may have heard of them by yes. now, but if you haven't, definitely check them out. Um, I've and, actually um, been in the news recently because uh, Gap, the clothing brand, sued them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Because they've so got they've the, had, yeah. So they've had to, uh, I think they're in the process of rebranding to clothing the yeah. Gaps. Um, yeah. Just adding the S on the end. So it's a bit disappointing, to be honest, like gaps coming after that. That's ridiculous. But anyway, I want to derail. Yeah, that's the thing. So, nah, that's nah. There's always, I feel like there's always, yeah, there's always something that's going to kind of, yeah, I think they're doing great things. And I think anyone that knows of them knows they're trying to do great things. So that kind exactly. of is a bit disappointing when that stuff happens. Hey? But um, yeah, so anyway, we uh, ran the marathon and I took a trip out to, um, I think it was like the South Bronx where, this, where there's a, uh, there's this place called the Andrew Freeman home and it's, it's, a, it's a community center out in the Bronx. And um, I went there cause I heard that they do like a lot of youth art stuff there. So we went out there and I met someone who I had met through someone else. It was really random how I found this person, but here yeah. I was talking to this guy who is an artist and also does a lot of youth stuff similar to what I do here in Australia. And um, just started chatting with him and I said, Oh, you know, if there was an opportunity to paint, I'd love to do that. But if not, that's all cool. I totally understand. Um, 
And a couple of days later, he rang me and said, hey, I've, I've got a spot for you if you want to paint. And I was like, pretty blown away. So like we were out shopping or we we're out looking around doing some stuff. And I pretty much just was like, we have to stop what we're doing right now and go buy some paint because I'm painting <laughs> yeah. straight away. Like I'm going to go do this. And then, so uh, we ended up going back out to the Andrew Freeman home and I ended up painting a, um, like a graffiti piece alongside these other guys who were doing these pieces. One guy was from France. He was like over traveling from France. And then there was this guy called um, Andre Trainer, his name was. And um, so, yeah, painting with them and, and uh, above I put like, you know, free the flag. And for me, that was pretty significant um, a painting that I've ever done to be able to like be in New York where the home of graffiti is, but then also feel like I was doing something to, you know, share what was going on back home in our country around the flag and, the, you know, and the rights not being able to use our flag on our clothing, which is, um, you know, still ongoing. But I think um, for me, that piece was like, yeah, definitely one of my favorite artworks I've ever done. Yeah, that's a really cool story, Shane. That's awesome. Um, so speaking of one of your favorite pieces, uh, you know, obviously that one is uh, is right up there. Is there any others, you know, maybe more locally that would rank up high on your list? There's uh yeah, I've uh there's I've done quite a lot. Like obviously working with the AFL clubs and and working with the AFL and the sporting teams is like, you know, high profile stuff and it's amazing. And those are the kind of things that I always dreamt of doing as a young person. Um, you know, but I think my, the, the things that I kind of really enjoy, I actually enjoy the most is um, bringing young people on to work with me on stuff. So like, like at, whether it's at a school or for a community centre, I actually like to, um, you know, show the young kids like the process of, the process of how to create large scale work um, and also like, you know, collaborating with them to give them the opportunity that I always wish I had when I was their age because obviously it's, I've had a lot of people put their hand out, put their hand out for me and give me opportunity. So I feel like that's my, you know, obligation to, um, to, you know, to help these other young people if they, if they want that to, to give them that, give them that opportunity and to continue giving them that opportunity. So, yeah. yeah so obviously I also uh, have my own community arts program called street dreams, which is a collaboration of my own artwork with community, which kind of represents street, obviously for street art and then dreams, which is pretty significant. Um, you know of the of the dream time and dream time story so it's about sharing stories collaborating with community and also creating you know some street artwork or you know like large-scale murals so that's um that was a dream of mine and it's pretty cool to be able to do that and share that with so many young people in SA yeah for sure so obviously you've got your work with street dreams where does your uh tattooing fit in because I know you do a lot of tattoo work as well. Yeah, so that's uh, I was always kind of I was always kind of in in and in and around the um, you know around a lot of people that were tattooing. And for myself, I actually I, I got I don't know if many people would know this, but some people do. I uh, was in an incident where I got burnt when I was very young, so I got I had like thirty percent of my body um, <clears throat> where I was burnt. But I got to an age where I could start getting tattoos, and and that, and for tattooing for me was. At the time, I looked at it as like I just loved getting tattooed and I loved art. But I look at it back at it now, and I feel like that's kind of when I started getting my confidence back as a young person after having this traumatic, you know, thing happen in my life. When I started getting tattoos, it was like kind of like me taking control back of my own body. Mm. And um, and I felt like the more I got tattooed, the kind of better I felt about myself. And so yeah, so being given the opportunity by um Black Diamond and Amanda and Kelly, um you know, it was massive because it was tattooing was always saying I would have loved to do. And I'd done a little bit of it when I was younger and kind of moved away from it back into like the youth work stuff. But um, I feel like 
the environment they've created down there really kind of made me feel valued and they kind of said you know we know you've got a lot on but we definitely feel like tattooing is something that would be really great for your community because we get so many people in here asking for tattoos and sometimes we we do it we do it for them because that's what they're asking of us but we thought it would be pretty special to have someone who is of first nations um you know the nationality to be able to do that for them so yeah it's kind of given me a huge opportunity to be able to give back to my community in that way as well yeah especially if um you know it you tell me if this is correct but maybe if they've come with a design that might be easier for them to tattoo it but if they've come with more of a concept then really it's that's where having you there would be like the ultimate like you can do the help the design um yeah do the tattoo and it's really from your culture the connection is so strong then rather than um you know i guess losing that kind of that that culture uh, connection yeah absolutely and i and i always the, the one thing that i do is i always encourage um any first nations or aboriginal or torres strait Islander person that come into the studio to to work with me on a design is to you know talk to their family in the community and and get them involved as well because like i'm really just like the vehicle to help them you know share their identity like on their skin really like so tattooing for me is like a way of you know for some people who may have trouble with identity issues we know they may not be have the darkest skin or whatever but they want to you know feel proud of who they are as an aboriginal person so being able to give them a tattoo which shows and promotes their cultural identity to 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 themselves for themselves or for the for the wider community i think that's i think that's a great thing and um and i've had a great response from so many people not even from sa but from around australia there are another there are a few other tattoo artists in australia that are doing you know who are aboriginal as well that that tattoo and i think that's amazing and i think it's really good to be able to connect with them as well to see what they're doing in their state so it's been a really interesting um you know first first year that i've been at the studio but i definitely can i think it's just beginning i think like i think there's a lot more to explore with it yeah and the timing to me sounds really good too like last year was a difficult year to go and see other people in other places and connect with them and learn uh, and share knowledge but this year obviously we can do that now and it you know maybe you doing this now is the timing's right yeah it was, it was funny because like when i i um i just uh got the opportunity to start back at uh, black diamond and I, I was there for like a week and then covid hit pretty bad and then oh, everything no. got shut so down was- i was like what a time what a time to what a time to start back at a new studio so but what it did is it gave me a lot of time to um just draw and talk to other people from you know from all over the place and let them know what i'm doing and and kind of get their advice as well because like you know i think for I, I think for a lot of a lot of aboriginal people um i think having i feel like sometimes it's hard because i think it's hard for me because I'm, there's people that like want to support aboriginal people and would like a tattoo that kind of pays respects to first nations people but then it's difficult so i don't feel comfortable with tattooing you know aboriginal first nations work on non-first nations people and so it's that that's kind of tricky in itself as well where i have to have those conversations and educate yeah. people around that you know and but it's really good i think it's i think it's i think it's great that people are asking and all not asking but people are wanting to seek more clarification around that stuff because i obviously don't want to offend anyone but what i'm getting from it is that just seeing how many people actually want to support you know first nations people i guess yeah well um let me know if uh you know i'm putting you on the spot here with this question so feel free to not answer it but yeah for people who want to be, you know, allies and show that they're that they're allies and really supporting First Nations people, you know, 
do you have any advice around what some great steps people can take um, or, or things along those lines? I, th- I think I think uh, to be like a good good ally and that with Aboriginal people, just be you know be a, you know be a friend to Aboriginal people first of all, like just get to know them and build genuine build genuine relationships and connect with them and like come there come there with an open mind, like you know some and and you know you're gonna talk to one Aboriginal person or Torres Strait Islander person and then you're gonna talk to another and you're gonna soon realise that you know, we are very similar in some ways, but in other ways we're very different. Like I believe in certain things that another Aboriginal person might think is very wrong or they don't believe it at all. So I think just building genuine connections with Aboriginal people and, and, and if you've got friends and ask them, how can I help you? Or like, what can I do to, but I think it just comes naturally. If you're their friend, like I support my friends who happen to be not Aboriginal. I still support them. It's just by building genuine relationships with them, I guess. I think it starts from that. Like I think once you start, those genuine yeah friendships and then it builds on it it's easy to, it's easy to come by but you definitely get people that i've had people message me saying hey i want to get you know an aboriginal tattoo and i've had to explain to them like you know i don't feel comfortable with this and this is why um and i hope you understand and some people kind of sometimes i've had a few people where it's kind of been a bit difficult to help them understand that but mm. i think just i think patience is key things take yep. time and and even with aboriginal people that come get tattooed sometimes i tell them i'm like look I'm not going to tattoo something on you that I don't feel comfortable with the design from a, from an art from an artistic perspective. Like I'd much rather make you wait for a bit longer and be confident in what I'm doing rather than having you in doing something and then regretting it later. Yep. Yeah, I love that advice about uh, just be a friend and uh, just have an open mind because uh, you know to me that doesn't matter whether you're talking to someone from a different culture with a different ability, whether it's someone who who has a disability, whether it's someone who speaks another language whatever it is just yeah just be a friend and uh, have yep. an open mind that that advice translate to everything and i think so yeah that's that's the way that's that's the way i see it I, and that's what i was saying as well like you talk to different aboriginal people and they're going to have their they're, they're, they've got their own lived experience you know some people yep. have had it some people have had it really hard and some people have uh, are way more open to sharing things so you just got to be patient with them and you know if someone doesn't feel up to sharing then that's okay as well you know like just to just have the patience and empathy to let people be who they who they are um you know and this i think i think the biggest thing is letting aboriginal people lead that stuff too yes definitely i think that's yeah um i wish i remembered who told me this but uh yeah some i asked a similar question once and it wasn't on the podcast um but the response here was um just give people a chance to speak like don't speak on their behalf um yeah let them share their their opinion and their thoughts and their experience as you said their lived experience um and, and again that could be for anything any type of uh situation just yeah i think that's a don't speak on people's behalf mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny sometimes the simplest things like you know some things are just yeah i find it funny sometimes because i feel like we're so busy and so, um, you know, occupied by by living. We forget to just just take things. Everything's in a rush sometimes. And I think things, good things, take time. And I think that we're just so used to kind of things happening so instantly that um, when it doesn't, we think we, you know, we. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to say there, but I just feel like they're saying where sometimes simple's so less is more. Sometimes less is it's more. Just, yeah, yeah, less is more. I think. Is that your approach as well with? Um you know, when you go into community or when you uh, talk to young kids, because I know you're really passionate about um, working with young people and um, and things like that. 
yeah I th- like i when i go into these when i go into these places like I, I go in there and some people look at it as though that i as as though i might be trying to sell myself as an artist but i kind of look at myself as someone that's going in there to create an opportunity like and it's not for me an opportunity for me to to create something it's an opportunity for me to go in there and say what can we create together and then what do you want to do and and you know and kind of let them guide it but I'm, i just show them how i would do it and if they want to do it that way we can do it that way but if they've got other ideas maybe i'll learn something you know yeah do you have like a, an example of, of when that kind of situation's played out i think that just happens a lot around um when i go into schools and do school workshops to do murals like i've got a preconceived idea of how i did my own artwork and then i'll go into a school and a, and a kid wants to you know maybe do like a portrait or do something that's kind of saying that i don't do and i go oh wait a minute this is not you know sometimes it makes me feel a bit nervous at first like, oh, i don't know how this is going to turn out but i feel like when i just do my best and show them that by doing that it's showing them as well that it's okay to give things a go like yep. it's okay to give things a go and sometimes it's going to take time to get to get good at it not everything you do is going to be your best work but i feel like i'm um, learning you know learning from the art psychotherapy side of it and the well-being side of uh just having the opportunity to create and having that time and space to do that that's really good for your mental health. Like whether it's the, your best piece you've ever painted or it's something that you, you just see exploring or experimenting with, just that time and space is really good for your mental health. So Shane, switching gears a little bit, you know, you've got so many different things on the go, with street dreams, tattooing, um, the marathons, your own personal fitness, and obviously you've got to try and fit in the time to, to spend with your partner because I know uh, – you know, when you, we do so much, our, our loved ones sometimes are the ones who bear the brunt of, uh, of us not being available. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, I guess what is, a, you know, what do you reckon the, the rest of 2021 or, or maybe um, will hold or do you have like a, a path that you are wanting to kind of narrow or at the moment? Yeah, what do you, what do you Yeah, think? yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm in a stage where I'm starting to really try to refine back what, I, what I try to do because sometimes I do take on a lot and 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 yeah and and you know and that that does suck when it starts impacting on my relationships with my family or or friends or my partner and I, I'm you know I'm not making events and stuff that I probably could be if I just took the time out to not overbook myself so much but I definitely feel like the tattooing is saying that I'm trying to be as, as consistent as possible with because I'm really enjoying that I feel like after this first year I might give uni a little bit of a break just to kind of give myself some breathing space to really um, spend some quality time around the tattooing stuff as well. Uh, also, going to keep continuing to work with you know the schools and the councils and stuff like that to keep creating these projects for the young people. But I definitely feel like um, I definitely feel like yeah, just kind of maybe taking a step back from uni and the study that they'll kind of give me some breathing space to create some quality quality stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not going to go back to uni, but I definitely feel like that's saying I'm looking at I'm going to study for like you know the rest of my life if I can like. Um, so I'm not really worried about taking a too big a break from it because I, I just feel like it's a part of my life. Um, but definitely going to, yeah, try to put some more quality time into the tattooing. Um, yeah, the tattooing is something that's really interesting me. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know this better than anyone. Life's a marathon, not a sprint. So uh, you got plenty <laughs> yeah. of time ahead. Yeah, true. Very true. So, uh, you know, the reason I'm asking about all this stuff that's going on is, um, you know, casting my own mind back to the judging of the seven news young achiever awards so you were a winner in south australia and to let people know you know to kind of part the curtain a little bit let them know what happened you're a finalist in two different categories and 
you know, incredible kind of um, story of, of what you do. And I think the thing that makes it so powerful is that it's so humble and that you're just, you know, very honestly, hope you don't mind me saying, just doing it because you love doing the things. And uh, it just yeah. happens that the stuff you do impacts a lot of people. So you had a bit of an interesting experience because we did an online event. Most people are at home, but uh, just kind of before that, the restrictions eased up and you could have these little mini gatherings. And so you went off to Car Clue. For those who don't know, they're a, an arts organisation in, uh, in Adelaide with this, oh, I've never been in there, but I've seen it, the beautiful old building um, in North Adelaide. And uh, you went in there for like this mini party uh, as a finalist. And what was it like kind of being in a party, but then you had to get in front of a, a screen and, and be part of an online event and then rejoin the party? Yeah, it was no, it was really good. I think everyone was really excited to actually to be there. Like it was like the first time that a lot of a lot of us had been back into a you know like a social setting. I guess um, it was also pretty special for me because when I was younger, growing up, I done I went through I went for a lot of like personal development grants and stuff through Car Clue. So when I was younger, when I was you know when I was just finishing school, I was still under twenty one. I think I um I spent a bit of time you know, with spending time with people from Car Clue to, to try to further develop myself as an artist. So it was pretty cool to be back there for that, for this event. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, I think it was nice for everyone to just kind of, it was everyone's first step back into a social setting. So everyone was in a really good mood. It was really, it was really, it was really, it was really good night. Who were you there with? Who, who kind of accompanied, accompanied you? So I bring my partner, Liana, with me, Yeah. Um, which was, which was awesome. Cause that was like the first, kind of um kind of like a I had I had maybe one previous exhibition before that but it's, it's always nice to invite um people to to events especially something like this where it's you know it's a pretty significant award to to be a part of the awards night so that's a big thing you know to be to be nominated for these events is huge and I probably didn't realize it at the time but now looking back at it, it's like I'm still blows me away to, to realize that I've actually, that I actually was nominated, let alone won it. So yeah, very honored, very honored to, to have been a part of the awards. And like I said to you previously, I, I would love to continue to be a part of it and help out and identify young people who are doing great things to try to showcase them as well. So Shane, you talked about the fact that uh, you'd love to be involved still with the awards and uh, helping to, you know, to recognize these young people. And that's where, us as uh, running the awards really need help from the people in the the community because, you know, everyone knows their networks of young people, whether it's uh, through their family, through their work, different community groups, sport, church, whatever it is. We just need the little, uh, little heads up. Hey guys, Mm. uh, so-and-so over here is doing a great job. Pop in the little uh, nomination form, which uh, for those who don't know, it's very easy. It takes maybe two minutes to say, you know, use as an example, Shane. Shane is a great artist. He's been part of the Indigenous Marathon Project um, and he worked with community a lot. You know, that's, uh, what's that, two sentences, kind of one long sentence and a couple mm. of contact details, that's all it is. And then from there, our team kind of uh, makes it all happen. So it is quite easy. And, uh, yeah, thanks for offering to kind of, uh, you know, keep that that role going because it was great when you were part of our judging panel for this current year's awards, you know, maybe not met or really known people, you knew of a lot of people through your work and you can kind of say, Hey, I know that um, what they're doing here in this. And it was really good for the panel to have uh, that knowledge that, that you had of, of people in their work. 
yeah, that was that was really interesting, and that was something that I kind of was pretty nervous about because it's a pretty, <laughs> a pretty tough decision to to choose who you want to nominate because there's so many, you know, so many worthy people. Um, but it was just, a, it was just a, I think it was just awesome for me to to reflect back on what I'd done that year and how hard I put into this stuff. And you know, I I, I just do it because I like you said I do it because I love it. But it was also nice to to you know be recognised for what you do. And for me, if it, it meant a lot because it was my way of showing all those people that you know looked after me and gave me opportunities along the way. It was my way of showing them that their effort and their time actually went to something positive because there was times in my life where I probably wasn't going down the right, you know, in the right way or I was having a bit of a, a hard time with my mental health. And those are the people that, you know, stood by me. So to be able to win something like this is, for me, is like the most biggest thank you I could give to them possible. So One thing I didn't ask at the front and, uh, you know, why not ask it now better late than never is, um, yeah, what was like your, you know, upbringing like and, as you were a kid coming up through school and stuff, how did you kind of get into art and, and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I, uh, I'd, I'd like to think that I lived a pretty, pretty good childhood. I um, grew up in, in Salisbury in the Northern suburbs of Adelaide and I played soccer a lot. I just remember playing soccer a lot. My dad was a really good soccer player back in the day, apparently. And then, um, so I kind of had a passion for soccer. Um, always kind of like, just remember being down the park, kicking the soccer ball or the footy or, a lot of sports, you know, cricket, things like that. And then, um, then when I got, I got, I was in an incident, like I said before, where I actually got burnt and I spent like nine months in hospital and that kind of oh, gave yeah. me the opportunity to, to learn more about my, um, my family history. Like I always, you know, knew that my Nana was an Aboriginal person and my mum was, and obviously we had, I could tell, but obviously our skin color was different to the rest of our family, but I really didn't know what that meant for me being a young Aboriginal person in society. And, I think being burnt kind of gave me the opportunity to really find my passion for drawing because I couldn't play sports, obviously. But then what happened after that was I got out of hospital and while I was still recovering them, my mum's health become declined quite rapidly and she needed a kidney transplant. So she was on dialysis. So I went from being in this hospital trying to recover from my own traumatic experience to, um, you know, seeing my mum in such a, in a very vulnerable state. And uh, so from the age of probably like 12 to 17, 18 years old was like, was a pretty rough time for me um and uh you know it's pretty yeah pretty rough time for me and probably only identifying things now that how that really affected me you know so like doing yeah. this art psychotherapy and doing my own counseling and seeing a therapist and all those things which is you know growing up especially as a as a man in some ways with you know if you talk or you you show emotion you can be weak i guess but I totally feel like, um especially yeah, um but i feel like yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. People, especially in high school and stuff, if, you know, you told your, your friends back in that time, oh, yeah, I'm seeing a therapist or um, doing this and that, yeah, you either get laughed at or, or said, oh, what are you, yeah. like, that's that's not what. You get looked at like it's weak, you know. You, you, yeah. It's like you're showing weakness and and that and that's, I, don't, I, just, don't, I just don't think that's true because I, like, I feel like you need to be able to control your emotions so you don't affect people around you who you love negatively and, that's 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 the that's this journey I'm still on now. It's like trying to trying to see trying to trying to talk to those people and trying to figure out what happened to me then that's affecting me now. So I don't have to, in a certain way, be um, you know, don't affect the people around me negatively. Yeah. So so that's that's why I do that. It's because I think that's what you know, showing talking about your problems and being vulnerable so you can get better and be stronger. To me, that's what that that's that's real strength to me. Yeah, and I I agree because I feel like that when you when you speak about those feelings and those hard emotions or those hard times that's actually really hard to do like it's it's difficult to do that and if you think about the analogy of you go to the gym you're lifting weights that are really heavy 
it's really hard. That's mm. strong because it's not. Yeah. If, it, if it was easy, it you don't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. So it you know it, it's good that people are talking about it now that we're saying hey I'm yeah I'm I'm getting this help I'm I'm physically fit and I'm trying to get really emotionally fit and um, mentally yeah. fit as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's yeah, it's just more more about your overall well being and health rather than just you know your physical health. Like you can be fit, but also or still be like you know mentally unwell. You know, so like trying to make sure that you're healthy and and fit over all of those. I think is um, you know, is something to something great great to aspire to. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing uh, I wanted to mention is that I'm excited to have you come along to the Young Achiever event. Because uh, we didn't get to do that last year, so that's coming up in a you know a couple of weeks. I'll be here before we know it, and uh, I think that'll be that'll be nice because we'll uh, be able to actually present you as the uh, 2020 Young Achiever of the Year, and then we'll present the 2021 Young Achiever of the Year. So yeah. a nice full circle closure. Um, what do you think is uh, from your perspective? You know, we're in the Inspirational Strains podcast. I think you're very inspirational, Shane. What's inspirational to you? Inspirational to me is um, someone that decides. Just someone, uh, what's really inspiring to me is when someone does something for more than just themselves. Like when they do something that's gonna affect, gonna affect, create greater impact, but not just for themselves. Mm. So like whether it's like you're just, and that could be something as simple as like you really love to cook, so you want to become a chef, so you can cook nice food for people, like things like that. I'm really interested in when people find something that they enjoy and they try to be good at it. And then in, in, then, but the ripple effect of that is they actually create great things for other people to enjoy too. And I think that whether it's like running or art or tattooing or dancing, and I feel like as I'm trying to, you know, refine my own craft back, I'm starting to notice other people who have been doing stuff for them, you know, that what they really enjoy. And, And that's what, when I, when I come across people like that, that's what really inspires me when someone's taking, you know, taking their time and energy and putting it into saying that they really enjoy um and then to see that how it positively affects people around them that that to me is really that's what inspiration is to me yeah that's awesome shane it's a, it is a beautiful thing you're right and i think you know i don't know if you agree with this but as you get a bit older you know you're coming up to your 30s now is that right About yeah, yeah yeah and uh you mature and you kind of get that appreciation for yeah as you said honing your craft and then they're doing that it's going to have a positive impact. That is a really cool thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be nothing big, just, just little things. Like whether you're just like we were saying before, like whether you're just going for a run because you know, it makes you feel better, which then is going to impact people around you more positively. To me, that's, that's inspiring. And that, mo- that motivates me to continue to do this stuff too. You know, that's awesome, Shane. On that note, we are probably uh, about out of time before we do go. Um, how can people connect with you? Because uh, I think, It'd be really cool for people to see you know, your art, uh, your tattooing, and, and the stuff you're involved with. Yeah, so I'm on most social medias under Shane Cooker, so like Shane Cookerbara, K O K A, for Shane Cooker. Um, my website shanecooker.com. The all the community art stuff is all under Street Dreams. Dreams spelt with a Z at the end. Um, but yeah, I'm out in the community. I'm out and about. Most people see me at events. I try to make myself. Um, as present to as many kind of community events as I can to network and connect with everyone and um, just be a part of it, hey? Yeah, and uh, this is a selfish question, actually. If someone can, can we, people buy artwork 
from you. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Like I, I try. Um, I'm having an exhibition coming up at. Um, I'm having an exhibition, a few exhibitions coming up, which I'll promote on my um, social media coming up for the rest of this year. But uh, a lot of my works around, I, I try to, I try to create my work more around commission artwork rather than me creating a whole bunch of artwork to sell. I like to really paint for people and really know what they, what they want and really get to know the person that's going to be buying my artwork. So my, my way of kind of creating art is um, obviously I do large scale murals, but as far as commissions go, I like to really kind of, connect with that person before I sell them my art. That's awesome. Shane, one of the things that uh, is obviously very impressive on your resume is the fact that you designed the Indigenous round Guernsey for the Adelaide Crows. Can you talk us through how that all happened? Um, you know, one question, like how do they, how do you uh, get to design that? You know, secondly, um, what was your inspiration and, and uh, yeah, anything else you want to share about that? Yeah, so I was uh, – that- that for me was was massive opportunity, you know. And so that's that how that come about was I was actually um, I had a studio in Port Adelaide, and I had a bunch of young people come in to come visit my studio. I had a had a had a friend who a mentor of mine that's, um, approached me and said, "Hey, I would love to bring some young kids into your studio so you can work with them on some art, or they can just see how you work." And I said, "Yeah, absolutely. Like bring them all down. I'd love to meet them." And then um, so when they when they come down, um, it just so happened that Eddie Hocking was part of that program as well. And Eddie Hawking's the first Aboriginal Crows player ever, the South Australian player ever, I guess. And, um, and uh, I, I, I knew, I knew of him, but I, I'd never really met him. Um, and, and the first time I met him, we, we spoke a little bit, but not too much, but it wasn't until a few weeks later, I told, uh, I told them if they would like to come visit me while I was actually painting a mural. And when they got there, I was painting with my mum because I bring my mum to a lot of my, I, bring, I try to bring my mum along as much as I can. So she obviously can't work because of her health, but I try to include her in what I do now, which is great because she comes out to schools with me and stuff like that. So I think when they all rocked up and I think Eddie seen me painting with my mum, he thought, like, this is awesome. So yeah. he, he mentioned to me that he had been asked to design the Guernsey, but he's not an artist himself and would I like to help him? And and I was like, absolutely, I'd love to do that. What, a, what an opportunity. And so I ended up having a meeting with him and the club and went down there and Eddie had an idea of what he would have liked the, the artwork to look like. So I went away and created a, a painting and bring it back to him. And um, from what I've heard from him, he, he was pretty impressed with it. And he, it was, it, it, you know, it was to him, it impressed him so much. He said it, it kind of like, I took what he said and I, I, I ran with it. And, and, and I'm just glad that I've done it justice because he was, he seemed to be pretty proud of it himself, but it was just great to be able to help him share his story because he's done so much for, the football community and also now he works with young people as well so we're doing some similar things but um i was just really happy to help him share his story for sure and uh was that 2018 i'm trying to remember back that was 20 i think that was 2020 2020 that was, so that was last yeah, yeah right last year yeah 2020 getting my years all mixed up and uh yeah if i'm remembering the guernsey it had a, it was a big eagle on the front or? yeah well it had the big crow, crow on the front but the crow, crow yeah <laughs> adelaide eagles no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> had the uh had the big crow on the front but we wrapped it around so when the players would go up to mark the ball it looked like they had wings up their back so that was a pretty cool idea that i had which i don't think i had seen yet so that's something yep. that i bring to him and said i think this would look amazing he kind of took my word for it as the artist that we should go with that and i think it turned out really great yeah and I've also seen that you paint boots for players as well. Is that kind of something that, you know, someone might ask you to, 
to do it or um yeah do you offer it up to people or painting painting yeah like yeah like painting boots was awesome and that was like kind of my first opportunity that i got um like with a with a high profile kind of client which was the port adelaide football club yeah and i like doing boots boots are awesome and i, I now i've actually I, I run workshops with schools to go out with their sasta academy and paint the school uh, paint football boots with the students for them to wear as part of their football carnival so that's really cool and um, we've documented a bit of that and that's on my instagram as well there's a little video of them painting them and stuff which is really cool um boots yeah boots is cool but the, the funny story about painting the boots was like when i was younger when my shoes used to get trashed i used to paint them because i didn't want people to i didn't want people to see my shoes that were trashed because i didn't want to get stirred up about them but i think uh it's funny how i went from painting my shoes that were that were you know destroyed to to painting afl players boots that's is pretty funny. funny and is it better to paint black boots or shoes or white I, what I do with a white pair of boots, I'll just I'll put a bit of a base coat down, so I end up painting it black anyway. Yeah, because I was going to say yeah. like I haven't really seen too many white boots painted. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, the white boots can still be painted, but I think the colours to me, I think it just they stand out a lot off the black background. That's just my style of painting, I guess. But I love your idea because I've got some uh, some white Air Force ones in the uh, <laughs> in the 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 closet there that haven't going to run because they're just pretty old but uh there you go get, <laughs> yeah. get them painted and you lease a life freshen them up exactly shane thanks no for your time thanks for your time mate it's uh been absolutely brilliant no worries thanks for your time thank you i hope you enjoyed that interview if you liked it or any of our other episodes it would be great if you can rate and review the inspirational australians podcast it really helps us out if someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration why not let them know about this podcast And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com, for more details. Until next week, stay safe, and remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.